Hi everyone, time for a disclaimer. The information contained in this episode is not intended to be personal financial advice. You should always seek the advice of a professional before making any financial decisions and always do your own research. Let's get into the episode. This is Black Millennial Money. This is Black Millennial Money Boy. This is Black Millennial Money. So this is Black Millennial Money, where we talk about how you can make more money, keep more money, invest your money, and spend your money on the finer things in life, all from a Black Millennial perspective. And today, we have a special guest. Her name is Jamelia, and she is one half of Francis and Bell Studios. But before we get to that, a lot of you watching and listening have not subscribed yet. I tell you every week, you're missing out on so much goodness. When you hit like, when you hit subscribe, not only do you make sure you never miss an episode? You also make sure other people who need to hear this information get it too. So I'm going to give you a few seconds. Like, subscribe, and share with everyone in your phone book. It's the right thing to do. Without further ado, I told you, we have Jamelia Francis here. She's the co-founder of Francis and Bell. Francis and Bell are design studios that specialize in interior design. They're based out of Toronto. They do residential and commercial design. They've done everything from exclusive juice bars to multi-million dollar homes. And we are super excited to have her here. She's a star. We met through Twitter and we haven't looked back since. Jamelia, how does it feel to be on Black Millennial Money today? And it's a pleasure to have you if you, if that wasn't obvious already. Thank you for the amazing intro. It feels so good. I feel like we're best friends at this point, though. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're my, my best friend at this point. So well, welcome I feel to great. The, I feel welcome honest. to the BMM family. Thank you. So we know that you are an interior designer. Mm-hmm. We know that you founded your own design studio, and you're pretty much crushing it in Toronto right now. Oh quarantine. man, don't hype me up like that. Or well, quarantine <laughs> or not. The, now quarantine or not, you, you're still doing it, right? Yeah. Even though yeah, you're based out in Toronto, you do online consulting and you've been making it work and business yeah. is going well. But one of the things we want to make sure that the listeners know is that even with all your success, even with the accolades and even with the level of expertise you have right now, you're still somewhat regular. You're, you're one of us ordinary people. So what are three <laughs> things... We should know about you. Um, I used to like to sing a lot. I don't do it as much now. Just keep that to the shower. But I, I, I like to sing. I have a passion for singing. You know, um, we, I'm looking at changing the intro. If you're no, interested. no, <laughs> it's too early for me to to try and do that. Um, we'll leave that to the professional singers. <laughs> but I can, I can sing. Okay. You know, that's one of my talents. I'm a creative all around. Any musical inspirations? I love Sade. She's my, like, she's my mother. She's my sister. She's my auntie. Like, she's everything. I love, she inspired me to sing. And, like, I even, I've done artwork of Sade. Like, she, yeah, she's, like, my number one. You probably found out just that, okay, I'm not, yeah. not going to embarrass you with how little, embarrass myself with how much little Sade knowledge I have. So, What's the second thing we should know about you? Um, the second thing about me, I love pineapple on my pizza. So for all the haters out there, pineapple belongs on your pizza. Extra cheese and pineapple. Wow. Um, I guess they do things differently in Toronto. Um, <laughs> I'm going to get flamed. Uh, yeah, pineapple's one of those weird... So I'm allergic to dairy, so I so pizza's not right really a thing for me i mean all black people are allergic to dairy let's be honest yeah but i'm i'm committed (laughs) to listening to my body unlike some (laughs) people i'm sure not everybody's allergic but i'm pretty sure a good chunk are (laughs) but pineapple really though yes pineapple all the way okay let's move on what's the third thing because you're becoming unpopular let's let's (laughs) (laughs) transition I uh, do graphic design. Um, I don't do it like full time or whatever, part time, but I do it. I dibble and dabble here and there. Um, I started a little art business on the side. 
um, in March, was it March or February, where I was actually doing graphic art. So I started selling a few pieces and stuff. So that's another one of my creative sides. Um, I have, I do art. Um, not so much anymore since quarantine kind of started. I took a break, but I have some good pieces. So, okay, yeah, cool. So, a passion for singing, a super super fan of Sade, and then it kind of dips a little bit with a love of a pineapple on pizza, <laughs> and then we're right back up with um, graphic designers like one of your skills, which which kind of makes sense because you you are a designer. Yeah. Um, so. Now that we know a little bit about you, let's get really into this episode because I found this was a particularly important one to do because there's so many people that are either in their first home, so they may have just bought it or they may have just moved out from their parents' home and, you know, millennials mm-hmm. are moving out so much later, or they've got their, or they're considering getting their first place that they can actually do stuff with. If you're renting previously, you may just be able to buy for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. And a key thing that stood out to me in preparation for this episode is I actually didn't know what the difference between an interior designer and an interior decorator is. Um, so let's start there. Interior design versus interior decoration. What's the uh, difference? Don't feel bad because a lot of people don't. And this is why a, um, a peer of, of mine and I did a live on this. But um, So basically, interior decorating is basically just working with like textile and color so they deal and furniture too so they deal with furniture they deal with you know wall color wall coverings um i.e wallpaper textiles i.e linen and curtains um stuff like that so so they, they also work with floor plans but just in terms of a furniture layout um designers were technically architects but for the interior so i know in the uk they call it interior architecture so it's exactly what it sounds like so we deal with all the built-in stuff um and structural as well so we can we're licensed to put up walls beams um built-in so like cabinetry so that goes for kitchen um storage and bathroom vanities we deal with plumbing fixtures electrical so everything that is encompassed in the space that can't be shaken out of the house or the space that's what we deal with and we also touch a little bit on decor but some people like to leave that to the experts and then some designers like to do everything so they'll also do decoration in combination with design okay that's a little bit of um, a rundown on that so just to make sure i understand um interior decorators their focus Mm -hmm. is more on um the look and feel yeah the things that that can be interchangeable most times okay so if i wanted to i don't know change the whole feel of my my living room so new sofas new new colors on the walls that's an interior designer sorry an interior decorator yeah usually it's a decorator but sometimes people call on designers to do that Mm -hmm. um it all depends on the the designer and what they want to do but yes that would be a, a decorator's job but if I wanted to put up a wall, say I have an open plan kitchen and I want to put up like a wall, but it's not a, a load bearing wall between my living room and my kitchen. That's the type of thing that I would get more advice from interior designer for to see how we could do that kind of thing. Yeah, because um, we have something here called the Ontario Building Code. And I know every country has their own um, book of building code. So interior designers are trained to know the building code and every single trade follows this code. Um, well, different trades have specific codes, but everyone follows this, this code because it's the guideline for our province. Mm-hmm. So th- as designers, we know the quote unquote rules. So we know what you can and can't do in terms of the city that you live in and everything. So that's where, we, what, that's where our expertise comes in. So if you need to do anything structural, any structural changes, you'd call on us. Okay, so listeners, by the way, I'll keep telling you we're international. We're getting the tips from from Ontario today. I'm just letting you guys know. That's mm-hmm. that's where we're at with it. Um, but now we've clarified the difference between decoration and design. From a simple standpoint, design is anything that's that's fixed, that if you were to turn the house upside down, wouldn't fall off. And yeah. the decoration is all the stuff that probably comes off if you turn the house upside down. Yes. Cool. So a lot of people listening to this 
are going to be of the mind that they want to do something with their home. They want to figure out what they can do. But what is possibly the first place for them to really start? Before we start talking about money or anything like that, what do they really need to get set? Um, I would say they need to kind of learn what their style and taste is a little bit. Um, I wrote a blog on this. Um, on our, it's on our website on how to learn what you like and kind of familiarize yourself with what design is, mm -hmm. whether that be like actual research and articles or just scrolling on the internet. Like, you know, you can find your taste through the things that you like to wear, um, like the type, of, the type of environment that you live in or how your Instagram feed looks. Um, I did a whole entire blog on how to find your, your style or your taste. So they don't have to know exactly what they want, but just kind of have a feel of who you are as a person because designers are doing user-based design. So it's all about the user. So that's a little, a little tip. So in terms of resources that people can access, what kind of things are going to help you find out? Because essentially when you say like learning your taste, it's kind of figuring out what you do and don't like, right? Mm -hmm. um, what kind of resources can people look to to get the support on that? Um, Pinterest is a big one. Um, I know that's international. So everywhere around the world uses Pinterest. Um, that's, that's a platform that designers use as well to get inspiration. So I would say Pinterest is probably number one. Mm. Um, house is pretty big too, but that's more so um, really just um, residential. Um, so Pinterest has everything, residential, commercial, whatever you need, Pinterest has it. And then house, and then I would say Instagram. But because Instagram is not really search engine friendly, it's sometimes kind of hard to find specific things. But Instagram is a good place for inspiration if you're on the right pages. Okay. And um, you mentioned house. How, I feel like I've seen that somewhere around before. Um, what is house and, and how can people find it really? Um, it's a website. So you can just search it up on um, Google. I know some designers use it for, to find jobs. So mm -hmm. homeowners can go on there and find um, designers, find contractors and see their work. So it's kind of set up like a Pinterest, like mm -hmm. all the photos and stuff, but you can go to a person's profile and see the services that they offer. Um, people can comment and, and say how much this person charged them. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of an interactive space between the user and um, the trades. Cool. I've just got it up as well. So just to clarify the spelling for everyone, it's H-O-U-Z-Z, -Z, pronounced mm -hmm. house. Cool. House, yeah. Okay, so we've covered the research element and getting to understand your own taste, your own feel. So that's looking at Pinterest, looking at house, looking at Instagram and you can go pretty crazy with that stuff, right? Like, yeah. I know people with 200 clips of the 200 pins on Pinterest of, of just the living room. But once you've done all of that craziness <laughs> and seen every single possible style, right? Um, mm. The thing that often trips people up is they like expensive things. Yeah. So, I guess is budget the next place to go? Once you've realized what your taste level is, does it need to manage your, does it need to match your bank level now? Yes. <laughs> um, this is one of the most important things that we always talk about because the world is, it's endless. Like you can do anything. And I always tell clients this, you know, anything is possible. Nothing is impossible, but it comes with money. So do you have the budget to fit this inspiration board? Because if you don't, it makes things really hard. And, you know, Michelle and I really pride ourselves on giving people the full experience, the full look on a, a lower, you know, a lower budget. Like we like to work with, we can work with them a, a good budget, but sometimes some things are just not realistic. And, you know, that's one of the things that you need to understand first is be realistic about the funds that you have before approaching certain things. And us designers, we help you with that. So you know, we, we list out everything for you and we break it down for you based on previous experience. So your plumbing fixtures will call you, cost you this amount. Um, your cabinetry will cost you this amount. So we budget what you have. So we literally stretch every single dollar. So budget is something that is very important from the very beginning. And some people listen to this once they've looked at their budget and if someone mentions to them an interior designer, right? Um, mm -hmm. They're going to be like, I can just do it myself. I can paint. 
you know. Um, what's your take? What's your take on just doing it yourself? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm like so conflicted on this because there's definitely people out there that can do it themselves, but I'm not one of them. I'm not like one of those people, you know. Mm. Um, it's really hard. Like if you're not if you're not organized or if you're not creative in that way, it can end up looking like a pile of like mess. And <laughs> oftentimes, no, I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. Like nothing in the room or the space is cohesive, especially if the person already tried to attack it themselves first. Mm. Sometimes we'll get calls like, Oh my gosh, like I saw this, I have a Pinterest board and they, they pin stuff from, you know, a farmhouse country style. And then they start pinning stuff from like a transitional type of, of style. And they try to merge everything together and they, nothing is cohesive in that space. So designers were trained to know how to put things together. Mm. And when I say that, it's like, we know what works for the space. If you have a lot of um, curves in your space, we're going to work with that. You know, if you have a tight space, you can't work with um, curvilinear furniture. It's not going to work. It's going to cut your corners, you know. So there's just a lot of things that designers do and that, that help make the process easier and ultimately save you money. Like, you can do, like, when it comes to certain things, you can do it yourself, but you have to be super organized. You have to be really organized or you will, you will lose money. Hmm. That's just, yeah, that's just the reality. I need- does that apply even if like maybe someone listening to this is a plumber as a professional or maybe they mm-hmm. they're related to one or they know a plumber or they know like someone who can do plastering does that apply mm-hmm. in that case as well where you've got access to resources but you're not necessarily the pro of doing this kind of thing um i know a lot of people that have access to trades or the resources and you know they end up doing it themselves and it, and it looks great um when it's usually when it's a small space but um, <clears throat> so most times, like, as a designer, when I, I see these things, I'm like, there's, there's detail missing. Our, our job is to pay attention to the little things that people don't think about. So sometimes it can end up looking good, but if you didn't pay attention to detail or your trade doesn't pay attention to detail, then, you know, there could be a lacking. But if it works for you, it works for you. You know, that's what I tell people. But if you have access to the trades, by all means, some trades are really good at putting things together. You know, they've done it over and over again. But when it comes to innovation, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that, that spark unless that trade is really, really creative and they have a design sense. Okay. Um, now, most people's pushback to really choosing an interior designer is often cost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, for you, and this uh, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be particular to you guys, like particular to what you do at Francis and Bell, right? But mm-hmm. in terms of advising people as to the size of project that that most interior decor, interior designers will take on, I keep I keep mixing up the two interior designers. Don't worry. I'll flame you at the end. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> so, in terms of what's what what value of project? would you generally start considering um us personally yeah i'm also what at what kind of price point do people should people start looking to get a professional involved to make sure they get the best for their money when you start going into the five thousands ten thousands and i'm talking in terms of what you want to spend that's when you need to start considering um including a designer when you start creeping up on the ten thousands, when you know your your bank account's gonna take a hit, yeah. that's when you that's when I believe you should hit up a designer because that money goes quick, baby. <laughs> that money goes fast. Let me tell you. And you know, sometimes you estimate, and most oftentimes in design and construction, you end up going over your limit. Limit. So. When you start creeping up to the $10,000 range, mm. even a little bit before that, I would say hire, hire a professional. 
If you have any questions or dilemmas that you'd like to have featured on our podcast or on our YouTube channel, go to blackmillennialmoney.com, click the contact page and send them to us. Names will be changed or kept anonymous unless you say otherwise. Okay, so roughly around about the the £10,000, $10,000 mark, where you're actually doing like a serious renovation, right? It's not, it's not, you're not repainting, you're not changing some curtains, you're actually doing some proper work in the house. That's where you say that it's probably best to start considering hiring a professional interior designer. Yeah. Now, how would someone go about that? What would be the... like, if I wanted to hire Francis and Bell today, mm-hmm. what would be the first thing I would do to, to get that ball rolling? Um, we've actually geared a lot of inquiries on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So you can hit us in the DMs, slide in the DMs, um, shoot us an email, shoot me a call. Um, I'm usually the go-to person to talk to. Um, but we've had a few people call Michelle as well. Um, yeah, that's, all- that's how you hit us up. And what information would, would I need to give you at that stage for you to start the um, process? You would need, like, most times we would like you to have, like, existing photos, whether you're in the space yet or you're not in the space yet. But mm-hmm. we can also work without that um, if need be. Um, measurements would help if you didn't have any photos, just so we can get an idea of how much space we're working with. Um, I like to pry budget out of people but most times you can't really get that out until you get to the proposal signing but i really we really like to ask people what their budget is to see if it's even worth um proceeding with you know for us and the clients um and style it would be nice to know you know what have you seen out there on instagram pinterest um google whatever we'd like to know what a little bit of your style is so it's kind of like the basics initially. So yeah, like, okay, what kind of space is it? So is it a flat? Is it a house? Is it a business space? Exactly. Um, and also kind of what kind of look and feel you're going for? Because some people specialize in certain looks and feels, right? Yeah. Um, so presumably, I don't know, if someone only works in dark colors and you want a yellow room, probably not the person to get. No. You, okay. you have to be in line with, with who you're seeking out. And that's a good tip, actually, because just because you're, you're a professional interior designer does not necessarily mean that your best work will be done in these certain settings. So, for example, you may only work on small spaces and you prefer to innovate and be creative in, like, getting the most out of a small space. So you wouldn't want to do a 10-bedroom mini mansion. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Perfect example of that. Cool. So we've had the initial inquiry, whether that was a, a DM or an email through the website or an initial phone call. What happens next then? What's, what's the next process after that? Um, then we would gear up. Usually when people reach out, I say, you know, give me a phone call, give us a phone call. And, you know, we'll have like a quick um, conversation just to feel the person out and, you know, see where their head is at. Most times they'll, they'll give us a little bit of idea of what they're doing. And then we say, okay, you know what? this sounds great, let's hook up for um, a consultation. So then we'll plan a consultation, whether it be that week or the week after that. Um, and we just confirm the details from the inquiry in during the con- consultation and kind of just getting a feel for that person and that mm-hmm. person getting a feel for us. Because if the chemistry isn't there, then you can't work and you're not going to do your best work as a designer. So consultation stage would be the first um, initial step after the inquiry Um, and then after that is proposal stage so after we've talked about potential budget potential style inspiration um, we would present you with a quote and a contract just basically listing out all of the services that we're providing all of our roles and responsibilities um, and our fee so our fee would be at the bottom you like it cool you sign um and then we would go for but before before you move on um that contract piece that sounds a little scary to people right is it is it a properly formal contract or is it or is it like an agreement between two friends (laughs) (laughs) no 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 it's a it's a proper formal contract Mm -hmm. um so you have to sign it you have to date it um you know, we have our legal jargon in there just to say, you know, this is what's up. Um, and it's just, bas- it's not, it's not intimidating at all. 
It's just letting people know what we provide, why the price is the way it is. Mm -hmm. These are the programs that we have to use. Like, you know, as designers, we have tools that we, we need in order to, you know, finish your design, do your design. So it just basically gives an explanation of what our responsibility is. And then there's a little price at the end. That's, you know, yeah. a little price. And I guess that that's <laughs> low price. Um, I guess that's clarification for the person as well. So they're clear on what they're supposed to expect because mm-hmm. like most people think sometimes when you see contracts, you don't realize that they go both ways. So these yeah. are the obligations that you as a designer are making to the client. And if those aren't, if those aren't fulfilled, then the designer is in trouble. Exactly. So it's a great opportunity for you, for you both to get some clarity because especially on building projects where sometimes things evolve a little bit and mm-hmm. we've all known shysty builders who or like construction people who yeah they give you an initial plan but then you realize that they're spending some of the money from your project on another project and oh, it's just yeah, getting messy that. and yeah. a lot of those situations there is no contract i wouldn't suggest anybody to do that. and we do deposit so you're not paying the full sum up front you're paying yeah. a, a percentage so if you ever see a designer and they ask you to pay the full amount, raise your eyebrow, ask a lot of questions because why do you need all of my money now in order to finish this project? Um, most places, I, most firms I know, most trades I know, they will take a percentage. They do not take the entire sum. Yeah. It's, not, it's not necessary. So if you have someone asking you for the full sum, raise the eyebrow. Be, be mindful. So mm-hmm. we've made the initial inquiry. We've had the consultation call. You've made a proposal. So we've got a contract in place. What happens after that? What, or what's the next step? What can I expect from my interior designer from a client perspective? Um, so then we would come to the space and do site measurements and verifications. So if it's an existing space and there's no plan, which most times happens to Michelle and I, there's it's and it's, it's an existing space. We don't have they don't have a plan readily available, so we have to verify um, all the measurements of the space. If they do have a plan, then we would take that plan, put it on AutoCAD, and size it up. Just make sure everything is good. Um, and then so when you say moving. space, you said space quite a few times. That yeah. is literally just where you're going to be working. So the space could be a room, it could be an entire yeah. property. Exactly. Okay, because because that's interior designer talk when you say space (laughs) sorry yeah (laughs) it could be your living room it could be your entire house it could be your your business yeah yeah just the whole interior whatever space we're designing we have to verify that those measurements are right because this is a crucial stage a crucial crucial stage and sometimes we'll measure twice because and you know you're always going to get those variances but it's 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 good to get as accurate as possible because we do um blueprints we do working drawings. So we do detailed drawings. So that just means that it's like a, it's a blueprint for the trades. So if we're off with our measurements, the trades will be off with theirs. So this is what happens when your light switch is two feet away from the wrong, from where it's supposed to be because mm-hmm. you didn't do the site measurements properly. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so next up, so we've measured the site. We're going to make sure our light switches are in the right place. <laughs> um (laughs) what next um design concept so we start moving into the conceptual stage Mm -hmm. so we take your inspiration we take our inspiration we take all the notes that we've we've written during our initial consultation we take what's existing and we start formulating a concept so basically what the space or the interior is going to, to look like so we we do our 2d plan um, sometimes we require a 3D plan. If it's a large space, we'll do a whole 3D um, model. But if it's a smaller space, we'll just stick to 2D um, elevation and plan. Uh, we render them on a few programs. Um, so, so just so, just so I'm clear, and I guess so the listeners are clear, is this kind of like those pictures where you see, say they've got a new development, right? And they're selling flats. Yeah. They haven't finished it yet, but they've got those pictures of what the rooms will look like. Is that kind of thing that you would do? Yeah, that's exactly what we do. So, okay. as, yeah, as you said, if, you, if you're going for a new condo, a new house, um, or even when you go to the mall and they're, you know, they're renovating the food court or something and you see those nice, fancy photos, 
and yeah. you see people photoshopped in, that's what we do. So that's the conceptual stage. That's what that looks like. Um, and that's what we present to the client. And that's really handy because I guess from a client side, I can sort of visualize what the space is going to look like. So if mm -hmm. I don't like a color, you can just click and change it. If exactly. I think the light switch is too far away, we can click and change it at this stage. And, exactly. And that's something, that's something we don't get enough of because you only ever really know what you've done when you finished it. If you exactly. don't go with a designer, <laughs> it's like. That's, that's one of the main key things that people like is like, I can see this before I even commit to this. Mm. Like, you know, and even for me, that's crucial. If I can't see something, and I know I'm supposed to be able to visualize, and I can, but if I can't see see something, I have a hard time committing to it. So yeah. that's what people like about designers, and that's what other people can't offer you. That's a trade can't offer you that. You know, the regular Joe Blow person can't offer you rendering. So they ha they do have a few programs out there. I know you can Google and you can find, but they're just not good. They're not going to give you the same experience. So. That's one of the cool things about designers. We offer, we offer visual experience. Mm. How high tech are you guys? Because I know with like 3D, go, 3D glasses and stuff, now you could stand in the room and you could sort of look at it for what it would really look like. Yeah, VR is a real thing in design. Yeah, um, that's what it is, not 3D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's 3D though. So we model it on the same programs like SketchUp, uh, 3DX Max. Yeah. And then you connect it to, there's a lot of, they're called extensions. So yeah. you have extension programs and then you put on whatever equipment you need, the VR equipment, and you can circle that space. Uh, we don't yeah. personally offer that service at Francis and Bell. Yes. Um, it's a little expensive. Um, and, you know, it's not worth it a lot of the times unless you're working with a super huge space. million dollar, billion dollar company and they, they want to see that, that full mm. experience. But yeah, it's it's cool. I've I've seen it. I've done it. Um, okay. It's a cool experience. Cool. So you've shown me the pictures. I've mm -hmm. I might have put on my VR glasses and said this <laughs> this is gonna be amazing. My goggles. What happens after that? After we've agreed with the concepts, what's um, next? We we move into design development stage. So this is basically when we do. You like your design? Okay, cool. So we start to map out how we're going to make this design realistic. So actually sourcing the materials online or in person, um, starting to detail that bathroom that you really liked. So basically making a blueprint for the contractors to execute the design properly. You said, you said detail. What does detailing my bathroom mean? So detailing means just providing measurements. So say if I'm doing a custom cabinet for you in your kitchen, custom cabinets for you in your kitchen we're gonna have like elevations elevation views of all points of the kitchen and we're gonna provide every single measurement in that kitchen so okay. whoever's building it will know what to do so just so i understand that because again i feel like we're getting this is the technical bit right yeah. um how we know you're a pro when you say where's like elevation and i don't know what you mean but um, oh my, there's so much design jargon i'm sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> so just to clarify Say I was getting my kitchen redone, right? And I needed, mm -hmm. I wanted to have a custom sized cabinet somewhere. You mm -hmm. would be, what you're doing is you're creating like a blueprint for the builder to follow to make sure that they know this is the size of cabinet and this is where it goes. Yes, exactly. That's essentially what it is. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Okay. Just trying to understand what that picture looks like. So you've gone from like the graphic picture that we've got to actually more of like a blueprint version that the builders need to know, which will have measurements and all sorts of things on it for them to actually get to work on it. Exactly. And that's actually a, a nice little accountability step because if then the builder does something that's not in the plan, they're like, well, this, that cabinet's not supposed to be there. That light yeah, switch like, is not exactly. supposed to be there. What are you doing? I never told you to do that okay, now they have to fix it and it's their fault rather than having an argument over... over Arguments still happen, but it's just about people and taking accountability. So, but yeah, I digress. Okay. Well, I guess it's easier to win the argument if you can show them on the blueprint you gave them that the cabinet should have been in, on the left and they've got it on the right. Yeah. It's, fair enough. Okay. So <laughs> you've, you've got a blueprint for the, for the contractors and for... And for the builders and everyone else who's going to be working on a project, you found all the materials that are going to be required. You've costed it up, presumably. And are those 
are all those materials purchased? Have you signed up the builders yet or has that all happened yet or is that happening? Um, some things you require to have prior to starting things. Mm -hmm. Like when it comes to plumbing and electrical, it's always good to have those things from the start ordering those things from the design development stage. That's mm -hmm. what it's for. So we, we search it, you find it, um, you start ordering it. Um, so it, it all depends. And, and I can't sit here and go through all of that with you because it really depends on the space. But usually when it comes to plumbing, electrical, you want to gear up and you want to be prepared only because when it comes to plumbing and electrical, you have to do something called rough-ins. So the electrician and the plumber will come in and they need to do the rough-ins. So they will require you to have your fixtures, i.e. your toilet, your faucet, your sink, um, whatever fixtures you have. And they, they come with, you know, little pieces, little rough-in pieces. So they will, the trades will have to measure and and fix fit the space it's called fittings like fit fit the space for whatever a fixture that you have okay so they're just double checking to see if it's going to work in the space see if it's going to fit yeah they need to know what's going there so that they can prepare that space for you when it's time to install okay okay and i guess this is where you figure out how long the project is really going to take because you're going to have different delivery times for certain things because again exactly. if you're shopping on pinterest you don't know where they got those bathroom towels from Mm -hmm. and they could be coming from Scandinavia and it's going to be five weeks before they arrive and yeah. you've got to structure the projects around that. Yeah, exactly. People, I tell people that all the time. It's not even based on us so much sometimes. It's like availability of trades and availability of what you're ordering. So we like to get things from places that we know and we try to steer away from places like Alibaba and and. Wafer is pretty good. Sometimes it depends on where it's coming from. But like places like AliExpress, Alibaba, you don't want to be ordering things on there because I know it catches a lot of people and I hear it all the time. I'm like, no. We, we, Francis and Bill does not support ordering your things from Alibaba. Sorry. Okay. What about eBay? I'm not too familiar with eBay. Like I know what it does. I know what it is. But I'd rather you order something on Amazon. Fair. Yeah. Fair. So we've done the, the the concept we've seen the pictures we've got the blueprints for the contractors we've got, we've got an idea of how long it's going to take for us to deliver the project now what's so what's next what do you guys do from that point onwards um it all depends on what um the client agrees to some people only want conceptual stage so they're like i'll just take your concept and i'll go do it myself or some will move on to the development stage so they want they say i want your design and i want your blueprints and then some will move all the way down to project coordination. So we've done the design, we've ordered everything, you've ordered everything, and now we're going to start calling the trades. Which plumber can do this? Which electrician can do that? Which drywall and taper can do this? And then, you know, we start managing the projects and the timelines. Okay. So organizing the, the job site. So you can manage you can manage the project if the client wants you to, or yeah. you can literally just provide the nice pictures in the beginning, then the instructions for how to do it, and then they can go and do it themselves if exactly. they have the skill or if they know the people that can deliver it. Exactly, yes. Okay, cool. So um, that's the process. And mm -hmm. I guess if anyone wants more information, they can do their Googles or they can come straight to you guys for that. But yes. Um, listening to this some people may not be sure what they want to invest in because you may have a house you may have a flat or an apartment that you're it could even be a cottage and some people they may be building this house overseas so like a lot of us aren't from the countries you live in right <laughs> so um i've got family in nigeria and we've been looking at building houses over there so all of this stuff still applies in that because in those cases, you're literally building something from the ground up. It's not, yeah. it's not like where we are, where you're in, you're in Canada, I'm in the UK, and it's very unlikely we're going to build our own house. Mm -hmm. um, very unlikely. What are the key things we should be looking at investing in? Are there like particular rooms or particular things we should be doing first? Um, it all depends on the space. So I'll start with residential. When yep. it comes to residential design, you really want to focus on your common areas. So when I say common areas, I say places like your powder room, 
which is that bathroom that's on the main level that all your guests use. Mm -hmm. um, your living spaces, so your living, your dining, and then of course your kitchen, which is the heart of the home. Those are the spaces that you interact in the most. Mm -hmm. So places like your bedroom, your, your secondary bathroom upstairs, all that, that can wait because that's the spaces that you use every day and you know you can kind of deal with that. But the spaces that are commonly used and where there's groupings, you want to focus your money on those spaces, particularly when it comes to your home. Okay. And you mentioned the powder room. And I just wanted to clarify, a powder room, I think in the UK, we just call that a toilet. Um, yeah. or, like, <laughs> or like a cloakroom if you're being fancy. But it's because some people have an ensuite bathroom and that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about the everybody bathroom. Yeah, the everybody bathroom when you come to the house. Not the, not the one that's attached to the master bedroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so the everybody bar. Yeah, that makes sense because you don't really want... That makes me think that we need to invest in our everybody bathroom. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want everybody pulling upstairs to your main spaces. Yeah. Your yeah. upstairs private spaces, right? Okay, so key places to look at our, our living room, kitchen, and everybody bathroom. Yeah. I think that's a better name but than the cloakroom or I think we room. should, yeah, we should rename it and just the start EBB. calling it that. Oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> Everybody I calling it the EBB. I love that. That's hilarious. I'm trademarking it, so um, you owe me money. Um, <laughs> so that was for residential spaces. Some people here may be looking at what they could do in their business. And yes. what could we be doing from a business standpoint? When it comes to business, we like to tell our clients, you know, we ha you have to think of design in a marketing sense. Mm -hmm. So because when, you, when it comes to marketing, that's where all your money is going to come from. That's where all your revenue is going to come from, your clients and what your space looks like. Because especially nowadays with, with um, millennials, mm -hmm. if you didn't take a picture, you weren't there. Yeah. And this, 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 is, this is for everybody, not just even young people, old people, middle-aged, whatever. If you didn't take a photo, it didn't happen. So that works well for business owners. So I always tell them, your waiting area is your wow space. If you can have a space that's cool, it's interactive, you know, it's picture friendly, that's gonna be your money maker. And your bathroom. Everyone takes photos in the bathroom. So whatever's going on in the background, make sure it's cool or make sure it's clean. Just the overall vibe in the bathroom needs to feel like a personal party. That's so that's particularly interesting because as you were saying, I was thinking of places that I've constantly, I constantly see them on Instagram. I, whenever someone takes a picture in some places, I just know where they are. One of those places is a Turkish restaurant in London called Tarshish. Mm -hmm. And they've basically just got a gold wall. And it says Tarshish in the background. It's just a gold glittery looking wall. The wall is not even that special, but literally <laughs> everyone takes a picture in front of it. Yeah. Once an influencer hits that wall, it's, it's a wrap. Everybody's hitting that wall. Yeah. And... <laughs> There's this other, um, there's this spa called the Montcalm um, in East London, and they have a Medusa head that looks like the Versace logo, but it's not Versace. We need to be super clear on that. Oh, the, wow. It's just a Medusa head, but everyone's <laughs> taking pictures in front of this thing. Like, it's Vers uh, people have hashtagged it Versace. It's not a Versace. No, that's embarrassing. But again, you're in, you're in the spa robe and you've got the logo behind you. Everyone knows where you are. So that's actually a really interesting point for businesses, right? To have something yeah. cool. And we see it with the angel wings thing as well, where they yeah. have like wings painted and everyone just stands in the middle like they're a bird and yeah. takes a picture. <laughs> we have a restaurant like that in Toronto too. I think it's called Cali Love. Yeah. It's like California inspired and they have like, it's like blue and they have like the wings and stuff. Everybody takes photos there. They have more than one location if, I, if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think they have more than one location, but we have that in Toronto as well. So yeah, for business owners, invest in your waiting areas and invest in your bathrooms. I know it may sound crazy, but it works because everyone takes photos in the waiting areas. Everyone takes photos in the bathroom. We've experienced it time and time again with Lash God, um, our project at Revitasize. We intentionally do those um, spaces as a marketing tactic. So People wait, tag it. Yeah. So wait, you really invest in what the bathroom looks like and what the waiting area sort of looks like as so that's becomes the is that the inspiration for the rest of the space in a lot of ways or 
Yeah, everything is still going to be cohesive, mm-hmm. um, of course. But, you know, if you can, make those spaces as cool as possible, you know? And then your whatever business you have, you know, the, the other areas, you're going to make it, like, cohesive and nice. Yeah. But if you can, just spend the money in those those areas, the seating areas, the waiting areas, the bathroom, you know? Because mm. that's, that's what's going to get you all the free marketing. And... I hope there's a lot of black restaurant owners listening because yes. some of these toilets you'd be shit <laughs> in the barber shops as well, where it's just basically a weed closet. Um, <laughs> like, invest in the bathroom. Invest yes. in the bathroom. <laughs> Please invest in the bathroom, guys. We wanna we wanna look nice when we go to the bath. We wanna feel like yeah, this was made for me when you go it, in the bathroom. You know what? That's a I know we're dwelling on this point with the business, but it actually makes so much sense because if we have a if we have a bathroom or like a waiting area that has the perfect lighting for Instagram mm-hmm. or to, for you to take photos, so no matter what you're wearing, you generally look good in this light. You could just blow up based off people are taking pictures there because people will come yeah. to actually take pictures. Yeah, no, seriously, we like we've experimented we've experimented with this, and even with our revitalized location at um, ninety two hundred um, Bathurst Street. If anybody's in Canada, just um, clarify what's revitalized. It's a juice bar. Okay, so. it's a yeah, they're a vegan place. Um, that is one of their most popular locations now because we've set it up where it's picture worthy, and mm-hmm. all the all of the the bloggers and influencers that they work with now go to that location and treat it like a Starbucks. So I've seen people do interviews there. I've seen people just go there to just get a juice just to take photos. And same with Lash God. We did a crazy um, collage on her bathroom wall. And every single time girls get their services finished, they go into the bathroom, they take that photo, and they tag her. So it's, it's real, guys. It's a real thing. It's, it's not a joke. The bathroom is an investment. Okay. so. Again, if you're doing it, the reverse of that is true for your home, right? So if yeah. if you're having um, multiple house guests, shall we call them, don't make your bathroom photo friendly and no one's going to know when they come around. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, moving on. So we've covered, we've covered quite a bit in this episode so far. So we've covered um, the things you should get right before you you even you even start looking at a space right so clarifying what you want is it design or is it decoration i.e do i want to change my lights my electrical my plumbing do i want to bring in walls or do i just need some new cushions and curtains what am i really doing and who can i get that service from and then figuring out what your taste is what is it that you enjoy and places you can get inspiration from clearly pinterest instagram and a website house which is h-o-u-z-z and then once you've decided your taste and it's important to decide your taste before you look at your budget because they may not match but it's important to not pick your budget before you've identified your taste because you could buy something you don't like Mm -hmm. because it's cheap (laughs) this way at least you understand your taste and then you move to your budget and you can tweak your vision according to your pocket and then we went through the process of hiring an interior designer and it starts with initial inquiry. You go through various stages of consultations and proposals, but where the real value really kicks in is once you've got that contract in place, you get visuals of what your space is going to look like before, before it goes live and before um, you started putting any paint in, before you've made any commitments. After that, you get a blueprint of how the place can be built and what it will work like. And you can even get project support on that. So these are, this is the value that an interior designer actually brings where they're overseeing a project for you. But within that, that doesn't mean you don't have to look at, look at the projects and make sure things are getting done to your stand in the specification. But it means you don't have to do it all by yourself. Now, understanding the key things to invest in after that, if you're not sure, if you have a limited budget, investing in, in your home, you're looking at communal spaces. So the kitchen, the living room, and the everybody bathroom, we've, we've copyrighted that. So the bathroom that everyone uses, not the one that no one has, has access to. Because people do that in reverse. They make the, the private bathroom so much nicer than the everybody yeah. bathroom, which is good, but it also makes your house look trash if that's one of the few experiences that people have. Exactly. 
And from a business perspective, understanding those communal areas is super important because sometimes you see the waiting areas at restaurants, it's just this cramped space where it's like, we needed to have this for people who do takeaways, not because we want you to have an enjoyable experience waiting. <laughs> to come and, if we could put tables here, we would. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of counterintuitive because you sort of miss the opportunity to create an experience for people. And then when it comes to investing in your bathroom in your business, it's a key place because people are taking tons of pictures. But in addition to that, it's, it's somewhere that, could, that you can become renowned for. So those waiting areas, those bathroom spaces, a place you can be renowned for. And if you think of why would someone take a picture here? How can I make it easier for someone who wants to take a picture here? That could be a great source of marketing and promotion because I can attest to Tarshish, the location it's in is the hood. I'm not going to lie. It was around the corner from me because I still live in the hood. <laughs> I went to school around the corner from Tarshish and that is not the place from the outside. It's like, mm. literally, underneath Tarshish is pound shop and, and somewhere that sells clothes that is kind of, <laughs> you know when the mannequins look like strippers? What are those yeah. kind of shops? Oh, God. Oh, wow. Above it, you have Tarshish, and it's a whole different experience out there. <laughs> See, yeah, that's what it is. It fools people. Like you, Sometimes you're like, whoa, where's that place? You get there, you're like, whoa, fam. And you only look for that wall with a picture. Yeah, you're like, wow, this is what the rest of the space looks like? Or you're and like, oh, this is the area it's in? Wow. Yeah, across the road from Tarshish, um, there's a couple of betting shops with a couple of, um, of, of locals that you may not want to run into <laughs> coming out of Tarshish. But no one knows that from Instagram. <laughs> beauty, no, baby. That's the beauty of it. The free marketing for your business. You may not know this, but we have a Patreon page. Patreon is a platform that makes it super easy for people to support creators. Here at Black Millennial Money, our mission is to reach millions of people around the world with life-changing financial information, and you can be part of that. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Black Millennial Money or click the link in the description to sign up and start supporting us today. So now that we've covered all of that, we did we summarized the episode. It's time for the type of insider tip that you wouldn't ordinarily get unless you've been there and done it, like the pros. So Jamelia, do you have a quick tip for the people looking to either interior design their home or business? Um, it would be ideal to start with a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. um, if you can't, try and get as close to that as possible. So throw out all that, that junk, throw out all that, those unnecessary pieces of furniture, fixtures that you don't need and try and work with a blank space. White walls is, is great for that. It's good to brighten up a space if you can't necessarily change the lighting, whatever your, your budgetary um, circumstances. Start with bare walls, white walls, and use um, textile and furniture to kind of bring in color. Things that are interchangeable that won't cost you that much money. So later down the line, if you do decide to change these things, you can easily do so. Okay, so again, just to make sure I understand, if you're trying to redo a space, clear everything out of there, you don't necessarily need to throw it away. Yeah. But move it into storage, move it into other rooms, just so you've got a clear view of what it is you're trying to do. And then start slowly introducing things into that space so, it's, so you can start to build a picture, but nothing mm -hmm. necessarily hard and fast so you can change it as and when required. Exactly. And, and that sounds like it works well from a design perspective as well as a, de a decoration perspective, right? Yeah, both ways. Awesome. So um, we have come pretty much to the end of the episode now, and we always like to leave people with some actionable next steps. I know you used to, I say actionable next steps in every episode, but it's important that we're, we're not just sitting here talking for an hour. We're actually giving you <laughs> lots of value for you to go take away and actually do some action to get some value from. So, Jamelia, what are three things everyone listening right now should consider when it comes to decorating their first home or business? And by decorating, uh, I mean designing their first home or business. I was just about to page you on that, but you caught yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, see now you're gonna have you're gonna have people thinking that designers and decorators ha have a war going on. Um, <laughs> so three things: research the designers in your city, um, see if they're a good fit, 
I know there's a lot of designers out there that some of them only do black and white. Um, some of them only do modern spaces. Some of them only qualify to do traditional type spaces. So research and make sure that what you want or what you'd like to see is in line with the work that the designer has done. And if you're not sure based on their website or their Instagram, just call them and ask them or message them and, and see. But that's, a, that's an important tip. Make sure that your values are in line with the designer that you're willing to work with. Um, come prepared with your ideas. Um, we're creative people. We can come up with concepts, but you know, we're like therapists. So we need a little bit of direction from where your head is at. We need a little bit of information to evaluate your, your condition. So, you know, come prepared, come as prepared as you can. That's always a great tip. Um, without a designer, get organized, get organized, um, make an Excel spreadsheet if you can, Word document, list out every single item that you plan to buy, um, put the price point beside it, just make sure you're working in the proper phases, have that good communication with your contractor so they can kind of help you to say, okay, I'm going to need this from this date, and just, just organize yourself. Try and be as cohesive with the furniture and the colors as possible. As I said, start with a blank canvas. It's best to work with white walls. If you're going to be doing curvilinear furniture, don't throw in a square coffee table. Just stuff like that, you know, basic, basic shapes and dynamics. Um, try and make everything as cohesive as possible. And those are just some, some everyday tips that everybody can, can use. Cool. So um, just to summarize that, make sure you research the designers and see if they're a good fit for you. And that's in terms of their previous work as well as personality wise, because you don't want to work with someone you don't like talking to. Exactly. Um, it's like finding a therapist. It's like finding a therapist. Yeah. If you haven't found one, there's a tip. Make sure you get along <laughs> with it. <laughs> um, come prepared with your own ideas because as much as interior designers can help, they can't pull out what you want from your head. You need to have a bit of a vision and they can help that come to life. Mm -hmm. And finally, if you're doing it without a designer, getting super organized and planning your project to, in detail in a series of phases is essential, as well as making sure you're tackling one, one room or one space at a time. You don't want to start doing the whole house renovation yeah. with, if you've never done a room renovation. Exactly. And, uh, and based on everything that Jamelia said, I kind of want to throw in a bonus tip where we're trying to be as realistic as possible, right? But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't spend money on the bigger items. So if, there's, if you want to get something for your home and you're here investing in your home, you're doing all of this work, you don't want to get cheap stuff. You don't want to, so I'm talking from like a, a decoration standpoint. You, you don't want to spend a lot of money getting your cabinets and kitchen ready only to put a cheap fridge and a cheap microwave, a cheap washing machine in there. It just doesn't, it just doesn't match. The same with sofas and things like that. Invest in the mm -hmm. things that you're going to be having for a long time, the things that are going to be heavy wearing. So the things that are going to get lots of usage. And that does mean don't get that cheap plastic toilet seat thing. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen one of those. Don't do it, guys. <laughs> grandma, don't do it. Who's ever grandma out there, don't do it. So that brings us to the end of the episode today. Thank you, Jamelia, for coming on. It has been an absolute pleasure having you here. We've never done uh, an in-home episode, and I think it's crucially important that people kind of get some support and advice. And yes. after listening to you, some people are going to want to contact you directly. Where can they reach you? Uh, you can find us on Instagram. We're really, um, we're always on there. We're on there every single day. So you can find us on Instagram at Francis Bell Studio. Um, we always reply to messages, so hit us up on there. Um, our website, francisandbelldesign.com. If you want to check out what we look like, um, what our work is, everything is on there, all of our list of services and how the processes work, and a little bit of backstory about us. And you can also find us on Facebook, so Francis and Bell Design Studio on Facebook. Awesome. So that's where you can find Jamelia of Francis and Bell Studio. Design Studios, am I saying that correctly? Francis yes. Bell Design Studios. Francis and Bell Design Studios. And as usual, you can find Black Millennial Money at blackmillennialmoney.com, at BMM Global on Instagram, and BMM Global Pod on Twitter. 
we're also on Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcasts and services. Next week, we are talking about making money. Yep. After we spent it this week, we're talking about making money. <laughs> Got to make it back. <laughs> Absolutely. So tune in for that episode and subscribe wherever you're listening. Make sure you subscribe, share, and we'll see you next week with a Make Money episode. This is Black Millennial Money. This is Black Millennial Money, boy. This is Black Millennial Money. 